Hello, everybody. You know me. My name is Eugene. I'm Nick Dinsmore, and you're listening to Live in Color with Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one more time to the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. And today we have a very special guest, Nick Eugene Densmore. Mr. Densmore, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. I've been up and down, town to town, coast to coast, like butter and toast. I've been to Kalamazoo, <laughs> Katmandu, Timbuktu, Rancho Cucamonga, and Lake City Kaka. But I've never been as excited as I am today to be with Wolfie D. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it, Nick, man. How you been, brother? How you been? It's been a while. I'm doing great, brother, man. I'm I'm living in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Yeah. Hanging and banging, lim- limping and pimping. Yeah, I hear you. I, I, the limping part, I completely understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, we're going to start out talking, uh, obviously, about, you know, the early days, man. Uh I know the answer to a lot of these questions, but I don't, you know, some of our listeners may not. I know you grew up in Louisville and you were a, you were a USWA fan. Talk about growing up, watching wrestling, what you liked, what made you want to be in the wrestling business. So when I first saw professional wrestling, I lived outside of Indianapolis and my parents didn't have cable. So all I saw was WWF mm-hmm. and I watched it sporadically. But then when I moved to Louisville, that's when USWA was on every Saturday morning they were at the uh, Louisville Gardens every Tuesday night. I, I didn't get to go to all the Louisville Garden shows, but I, I went, went to a ton. But just to have local guys that I could watch, you know, and, and then go and see them was just so intriguing. I remember, mm-hmm. you know, some of the shows that went to, I, I went to a night to remember when PG-13 made their comeback. <laughs> Against the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. yeah awesome. They weren't supposed to be there. No, nobody knew they were there. And I was in the back and I saw them running. I was like, oh, my God, I was in the back door peeking in. <laughs> those are good times those are that is awesome so you were literally peeking in the back door to see those guys that's amazing well i, I, I wolf you know that as you got the, the back of the Louisville gardens there was a, a, a an alleyway with a fence and the fans would just kind of try to pack themselves in there to get pictures handshakes and then there was a garage next to it you could be two three four story high against the fencing yelling down a wrestler yeah. would walk out and it would be it would be surrounded and not not a whole lot of places to go and uh, I was just yeah. wanting to meet whoever I could meet. Uh, Stan Lane came out, and I took Stan Lane's hand. And that's when I saw, I, I didn't know that PG-13 was supposed to be there, and they were making their way to the ring for a, a, a 90-day suspension was over. Nice. Good times. And then, you know, when I when I first started, and I, I've said this before, and serious but joking at the same time, I feel like that Danny Davis, we all know you were, were you the first OVW student or you were just one of the first? Doug Baxton was the first. Yeah. I was probably in, I was in the next four or five-ish. Right, right. But my point in that is I always say jokingly that like I was Danny's first student. He just didn't have a school. My school was in the ring hands-on because when I, I got my break, you know, I'd been in the business for about three years, a little over that, uh, doing independent stuff. And at 18 or 19, I got, you know, hired by Jarrett's. And I got married to Danny almost every single night. And man, what a, uh, you know, what a schooling I was put through with him. He loved working with me. 
and he taught me so much on how to work, man. But I always say that, you know, he he was like uh, my my. I was the first student of his, hands on. Tell me about being at the OVW school, being one of the OGs of the OVW school, and talk about well, Danny, of course. Well, to touch base on what you just said about Danny, I'd heard him remark that as well. He said that he really took a liking to you, and he knew the kid could learn the business. So give him to me every night. Let's do ten minute Broadway. Let's do fifteen minute Broadway. Let's get yeah. to the point. Okay, you're, you're, you're going to call it tonight, kid, and just uh, <laughs> help help you right along the way. He, he really liked Wolfie D. But to have a, a trainer like that, that you, you have to be able to know where your opponent is, where the referee is, where your partner is, where the fans are, where the camera is, how much time's left, and then all the little you know attention to detail that Danny can add in there. It's so easy to change that people sometimes can't even follow it. He's a tremendous yeah. teacher. I had never been uh, in the ring with anybody that did like Danny didn't. I mean, maybe a few things he, we would go over beforehand, but most everything was on the fly and it was a hundred miles an hour. Not, not to say that, you know, we didn't sell and stuff, but I'm just saying, you know, the spots were pretty much called. He, he hit toss me and in the air as I'm flipping and going by him, he's telling me what to do next. And, saying, you know, <laughs> yep. and, and it's like, I'd never been around that. And it just taught me so much. And he was so good. And like I said, I'm, I'm 18 or 19 years old and I used to never get blowed up. I wouldn't sweat. I would do nothing. But <laughs> Danny, you know, we'd go 20 minutes fast broadways and shit like that. And I remember one time coming back and I was fucking throwing up, man. And that had never <laughs> happened to me before. And at that time, Danny was probably, I don't know, he had to be late 30s or 40s, I would imagine. I can't, I'm yep. not for sure. But, you know, to think that at that age man he could still go like that man and uh he was awesome and and at the end when the run was over where you know i was pretty much done working him and ken wayne um he called me it was in louisville he called me into his dressing room there and uh he said kid and i don't remember the exact words but he basically hugged me and told me what a pleasure it was to have worked with me. And blah. and I, even right now, it kind of chokes me up a little bit. But, man, I almost cried right there in front of him. It made me feel so good hearing that coming from him. And I, I thought so highly of him and his talent. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I had a few tag matches with Danny, probably his, his last couple. So I, I never really got to wrestle him one-on-one. And by the time he was training, he was mainly on the floor. I was in the ring with Rip Rogers. And I feel yeah. like Rip and Danny are almost a mirror of one another. You know, just the exact same thing. He's calling the spot as we're doing it. You know, we would go to the ring and, and Rip would go, do you want to have a real match or a phony match? And I was so <laughs> scared. I, I, I didn't know what to say. Well, what do you want to do, sir? And he might give me a finish. He might not. And it was always great and awesome. And I remember yeah. watching Danny and, and Rip wrestle one another. And it was the same thing. They just had that crowd by the, by the little Pinocchio strings and just played them the whole way. One punch and the and the place came unglued. Right, there's not a lot of those guys left, man. There, if, if it, it is a dead, it is a dead art. It is a dead art. Yeah. I agree 100%, man, because that's the, you know, people say they work. No, you don't work. What you do is go out there and do spots and, and, and do moves and stuff. That's not working. Working is 
working with each other and and going with you know danny used to tell me all the time don't get rabbit ears don't get rabbit ears today's mm-hmm. guys got rabbit ears bigger than texas man <laughs> I mean, they're mm-hmm. hearing stuff on the internet and whatever the crowd yelling at them and all that kind of stuff but we had control of the crowd yeah. as, as it's not that way anymore unfortunately but <laughs> the best example i have mick foley came to tampa to do his stand-up comedy he invited myself and a couple other wrestlers and we went in beforehand said, Hey, blah, blah, blah. Just, you know, shaking hands. And then he had a guy open for him, which was a local comic. Wasn't a wrestling, he might have been a wrestling fan, but his gimmick was just regular comedy in front mm-hmm. of all Mick's fans and pin drop. He, he did not, he, he bombed. Yeah. So Mick went, Mick went on, Mick flying colors, five stars, roses in the air. It was awesome. My wife <laughs> and I went back to the uh, comedy club two weeks later and it was just a regular comic. Same yeah, opening yeah. act. Same opening verbiage, same jokes, and it did great. You know what I mean? You got to know your audience. Oh yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. And they were all different, man. Even even in the territory of Memphis, uh, Louisville was really different than Nashville. Nashville was different than Memphis, et cetera. And 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 then when you got into the bigger stuff, you know, obviously you go to ECW in that area up there. It's a completely different ball game. I mean, just pretty much anywhere you go is is different. And I, I don't think everybody is good at adjusting as as I thought me and Jamie were really good at adjusting because we would use whatever that style was, whether it was Mexico, we went there, Puerto Rico, whatever we'd sprinkle in a little bit of our shit with whatever that style was. And it worked, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You, you took it adapt very, very well. Even being, even being sometimes smaller of the two guys, you would make up for it by being outrageous on some other end. And it was always entertaining and it always made sense. Yeah, thank you. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live It In Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. Uh, Jimmy, you want to jump in this conversation? I'm just enjoying because, you know, I'm a huge fan of PG-13, too. And I was a mid-Atlantic kid, but I found out about the Memphis stuff through tape trading. And, you know, I always wanted to go to these famous Louisville Gardens and the Mid-South Coliseum. And so it's really cool to hear that from you, Nick, and, and hear that through you. I guess my first introduction to you would be, obviously, you know, Eugene. Now, I guess I'm just going to jump right in. Who created Eugene? Where did that idea? idea come from so i started wrestling in 96 uh eugene debuted on tv in may of 2004 i got into a point in training training with all the wwe developmental guys that 
I could wrestle an hour and not do the same move twice. So I was wanting to go out and kind of entertain myself. So I started trying to incorporate a little bit of comedy here and there. Yeah. On top of that, Rip Rogers' son has autism. So Rip came to me with an idea of what about a wrestler that's like Rain Man? He, he can't really put a square peg in a square hole. He has difficulty talking, you know, socially. But the minute he gets in the ring, the minute the bell rings, he can do professional wrestling flawlessly. He knows wrestling trivia, like, off the back of his hand. And he is the idiot savant of wrestling. Yeah. I used that tip for a while, and I'm like, I don't know. The uh, the producers, or, sorry, the agents would come down, like Fit and Dean and Ricky Steamboat, and I pitched that to them. And they were like, no, that'll never work. That's, wrestling's gone beyond that. We're not doing you know that kind of stuff anymore. Okay, so a couple more months go by. The writers come down. The writers did not come down as often as the agents. The writers come down. Pitch it to the writers. Oh, no, no, Vince wouldn't put that on his TV. So it's been about eight months. I saw that my friend Doug Basham got called up to TV. Danny Basham got called up to TV. Rob, uh, Rob Conway got called up to TV. And although I was not a complainer, I saw a lot of people complain and the squeaky wheel would get the oil. So yeah. I told uh, Doug, I said, Doug, I think I'm going to quit and try to go to Japan. I had no contacts in Japan. I didn't know anybody in Japan. I didn't know how I would get there, but I just threw that out. Doug tells Dean Malenko, Dean tells Johnny Ace. Next thing I know, I'm sitting in a meeting with Vince McMahon and Stephanie McMahon. Vince mm. goes, I want to get back to character-based wrestling. And that, <laughs> idea that, was, that idea that was planted in my head eight months prior pops out. Just like I told you, idiot savant. Vince kind of scratches his chin. Great, we'll start on Monday. <laughs> which is great, but, which is great, but I didn't know who the character was. This was just like a, like a, like a guess, like an idea. Right. This was this was in February of '04. Austin had come back to do something. I don't know if he did it live or if they taped it. But all of a sudden, Steve Austin walks into uh, uh, Vince's office. Vince goes, "Steve, you ever seen this kid wrestle?" Austin looks at me. He goes, "No, I don't believe I have." I said, "Well, sir, I was trained by Nightmare Danny Davis." And the minute he, uh, Steve stops and he goes, "Well, he's probably been one of the best." And it was like that vote <laughs> of confidence given to yeah. Vince and Stephanie. Let's go forward with it. Let's do it. I was fortunate enough to be paired with. Uh, the writer Brian Gerwick, who could write for Eugene, and yeah. put with William Regal and uh, uh, Bischoff gave me instant credibility. I was co-written for. Yeah, you were, and I mean, but you you had an amazing send-in as well, like you said, with being Bischoff's nephew. But one thing that I would say about that character, it can really show you how much things have changed in in like ten years or so in the world. You know what I mean? Like, let's just say. You had the same opportunity right now, Vince's ear. Do you think that the Eugene character would get through the the wires there now? Yes, hands down. No okay. matter what WWE, no matter what WWE does, if they really want to do it right, they make it right. They took the mask okay. off Kane, and they made people believe it. They put right. the mask back on Kane. They made people believe it. I don't know about the Katie Vick story. That might have just been a joke. But if they really want something to get over, they do it right. They make it meaningful. And then everybody goes, now I get it. Okay, you're right. Okay. My, my thing on that part of it is, and because uh, I had planned on asking you this anyway, in, in comparison, okay, I don't think that the nation of domination would have been able to fly. And not to say that if they wanted it to happen, it wouldn't happen. I mean the public and how people are so fucking offended now and everything like that. You got two white boys out there with a black leader throwing the black power sign. I think that would people would lose their fucking minds about that. So I, I think, well, it ain't really what I think. It's, it's, I want your opinion 
of do you think that in today's, you know, cancel culture, all that stuff, that people somewhere, I mean, not everybody, but somewhere, someone, oh, he's making fun of mentally challenged people or kids or whatever. This ain't right. And they would try to cancel it. Do you, do you not think that? Well, that's what I'm saying. WWE wrote the story that this wasn't someone they were making fun of. This sure. is a guy achieving his dream. This is a guy that had a, a, a support around him and, and kept succeeding. You know, at, at no point was, was was using until maybe Vince put my head in the toilet and uh, uh, flushed my head in the toilet, and then Linda was running for Senate. Linda's opposition used that to say WWE flushes special kids' head down the toilet. So yeah, I, that was the, that was the only time we ever broke kayfabe with Eugene. Eugene was always a special little boy. He's a special uh-huh. little boy. We don't know until the thing with Linda. Then I had to go. I, I didn't have to. I got to go to uh, uh, Connecticut and stand up for WWE and said, I don't feel like this uh, character has diminished or made fun of anybody like that. And I, I yeah. think we used the term special needs, but not not until it became the uh, the Senate race that they ever really define it. Gotcha. And one thing is. Throughout my time doing Eugene, if I was ever in front of the fans, I have gotten a million times more positive affirmation than I have got any knock. Uh, I was going to ask you that. Had you ever received any kind of negative from any, you know, say parent of a special needs or anything like that? Or was it mostly positive? See, that, I'm, I'm curious because, and I say this with the utmost respect, I knew the character and that was at a time in my career where I was only focused on what I was doing. So I didn't, I didn't see all the angles mm-hmm. they did with you and things like mm-hmm. that. So I don't know. So that's why I'm asking you. Yeah, when, when, when they first put, before Eugene had a match on TV, when he was just coming out wreaking havoc, some of the radio stations and media outlets were like, what's WWE doing now? Have they gone too far? What's this new character? But then when I got in my first match, who happened to be against Rob Conway, and I did all this excellent wrestling and ended up catching a O'Connor pin with the bridge, one, two, three, he wins. Oh my God, I get it. This is an underdog, uh, under, you know, underdog overachiever story about somebody who's going to make it. And it just kept proceeding that I got put in the storyline with Triple H. I won the tag team titles. Uh, you know, it was for me, I don't think they diminished Eugene at all. And I've had so many people come up to me. My brother has special needs and he knows that he can do anything because he saw Eugene do it. So yeah. many times have I gotten stories similar to that from people. No person has ever come to me face to face and said, hey, I don't think what you're doing is right. There might have been a few trolls on the Internet saying, well, that wouldn't work now. And, and I disagree. If WWE wants it to work, if they put the machine behind it, they will make it work and it will make it make sense. That's awesome. Yeah. I love hearing that from the horse's mouth, too. You know, so many people, like you say, are the trolls who just want to tear down and say, there's no way two white boys could throw the black power sign nowadays. Or there's no way this guy who, by all accounts, was one of the best wrestlers on the roster at that time. And I say that very sincerely. Could have made this special needs character get over. But, I mean, dude, you worked with Triple H. You worked with Hogan. You worked with Kurt Angle. I mean, you got to Wrestle. Don't forget, don't, now, no, hold on, don't, don't forget, I even pinned this McMahon. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you got to wrestle Vince. How was that? I gotta ask. I was scared to death, because all I had to do was give him a schoolboy, but I, I, not that I thought it was going to hurt him, but if I hurt him doing a schoolboy, it just it wouldn't be good for me, and I was a little <laughs> nervous, but I, you know, I, I hit it, and I ran out, and that was it. So, on that day, they put Eugene's head in the toilet, they, uh, no, of course they put the green paint on me, and I had green paint in the first segment, 
we were doing three hours, so I had to keep green paint in my hair till the last segment, put my head in the toilet, and then there was one more thing that they did to me, and just, I mean, I was just covered in, like, dry green paint and, and toilet water, um, and Vince was then in the match, Vince and Shane were going to beat me, and uh, Degeneration X walks out, and that's when they were going to drop the net on him, but the prop guy didn't make a very good net, it was a really horrible looking net. So then they turned it into comedy where the net missed. Mm. And Sean spoke up early in the day and said, if you're going to pour paint on him, if you're going to put his head in the toilet, if you're going to beat him up, why doesn't he win? And Vince goes, oh, yeah, you're right. So Shawn Michaels actually stepped up in that moment to say, he's the guy that needs to catch the win because he's taking all the heat throughout the rest of the segment. So I thought Mm. that was pretty cool. That is cool. Shawn Michaels comes up a lot because he kept PG-13 <laughs> at several events because <laughs> they were about to dip. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Got me a little bit extra for staying. Yeah. But ultimately, so, um, uh, Jimmy, unless you want to talk Eugene or Nick, if you want to talk more Eugene, I kind of want to make sure we fit in um, more of what's going on after Eugene with your your wrestling school and your wrestling company and all that stuff. How did that get started? Yeah. So uh, I was a coach for the WWE at the Performance Center from, I can't remember if I got hired in late 2012, early 2013, but I got released in 2015. My wife's family is from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I knew I wanted to uh, uh, start a pro wrestling company, mm-hmm. and I thought maybe staying in the Florida area because of the weather, but there is so much independent wrestling in Florida. Oh, yeah. Sioux, Falls had, Sioux Falls had no independent wrestling anywhere. The closest company was three hours away. So I thought, you know what? This might be a place to go, but there's none of it, and, and we can you know, really start something. So 2015, we came here. We started Midwest All-Pro Wrestling. Um, I've had it for the past six years. I've actually recently just kind of stepped away. I, I sold the controlling shares to some of the students. I'm going to try to focus on uh, writing a book and trying to get booked a little bit more as Eugene around the world and mm-hmm. possibly moving somewhere else where there's not a high population, starting another wrestling company, building my own territory. Yeah. You know, when, when I saw, when I saw, I remember like, you know, kind of keeping up with you and seeing that you were out, out West there. And then, you know, I was, I thought that exact same thing to myself. I said, how smart is he being right now by uh, putting mm-hmm. it out there instead of trying to put it in all these places where everybody else does. He's out there and, and, you know, probably, Unlike a lot of these big metropolitan areas, the people don't have as much to do out that way. I don't know. Maybe I've never lived there. Yeah, man. It's primarily a, a farming community. Although Sioux Falls is a smaller big city. Did you essentially, because you were involved in the ring kicking situation, correct? Yes. I was, I was in India for three months teaching 26 professional wrestlers that had no wrestling experience and did not speak English how to have a match uh, with the production of at least TNA or WWE. Right. So you went to the ultimate. <laughs> That's awesome that you're stepping out like that. That's really cool. You know? Yeah. And I got to say, well, I, Nick, mean, I remember back, you know, back in the days, like we was talking, you know, you and Derek and, you know, I forget who else lived with you guys. And when, sometimes when I come to Louisville, I stay with y'all and everything. And just to have seen the progress and, Leading up to what I just said, I mean, obviously the success success with Eugene, but just having the smarts and and listening to you talk now is I, I I have to say super proud of you, man. Super proud of you. Well, thank you, Wolfie. But I've always told you I, I paid money to see Wolfie D. I, <laughs> I, I remember I remember the first time I met I was wrestling. I met Wolfie. I think we were in Simpsonville, and it was like a little spot show. 
and the mm-hmm. cyberpunks were supposed to be there, but, but, but only one cyberpunk showed up. And I got to meet Wolfie D. And that was like, I was a, a Danny, Danny Davis brought me as a security guard, so I didn't even wrestle, but I got to meet Wolfie D, and I was, I was so excited. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're gonna wanna call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. So let me ask you this question, right? Okay, the big one, yeah. the last yeah. show in the big one, uh, mm-hmm. was supposed to be Neon Flash against PG-13. Uh-huh. The deal the deal that Danny Davis cut with USWA, you can have him any night of the week, but I need him home on Sunday because that was Danny's show. Right. That particular big one was on a Sunday, so I didn't go. I, I, I skipped USWA to stay with Danny. Right. <laughs> and then uh, Flash got put in with somebody, but that's when that uh, uh, Sabu had a surgical blade. And Flash got busted open, or somebody got busted open big time. Do you remember that? Oh, no, I don't. I don't. I, I can't. Man, Nick, it's so funny. I know you go through this too, man. And I just had Jerry Calhoun on. Uh, last week, and we were talking about uh, something. He he said, "You beat the hell out of that boy. You don't remember that? I was refereeing. You beat the hell out of that guy." And I, for the life of me, I couldn't remember until we hung up. Then I remembered it. I remembered everything <laughs> about it. But yeah, well, the, 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 story, the story I got is they wanted me to get color, but I wasn't there. So Larry Bertman, Larry Bertman told Jamie, Jamie, you get color on Nick. And and the, the way that I heard the story, Wolfie goes, Nick will beat the fuck out of Jamie. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there that night. But it's just a story that, uh, that I always remember. It'll probably one last question. Yeah. Well, one last question. Why Randy X? <laughs> Why? <laughs> why Randy X? We were running out of ideas. And Randy, you know, Randy liked to be on camera, man. It's, once we started that angle with rock and roll, Smoky Mountain, and all that stuff, <laughs> Randy liked, he, he loved to get out there and get color. <laughs> Uh, and, and Randy's got a great mind for the business. He's got a great mind for the business, but he got a little tangled up, I think, in in uh, trying to be over as the promoter. Yeah, he thought, you know, and they did, you know, pop for that left hand that he would punch every now and then. But then it was like it was good, but it was good, but his suit was so short. <laughs> his arm was his arm was so long. And it turns to comedy. It was like he's doing the weirdest looking thing. I know, I know. But yeah, man. Well, how the, you remember how we had? Uh, I forget what we called him, but remember Big Black Dog? We had him be in the nation. We had Reggie. We had Miss Texas. Fuck, we had Spellbinder in the Nation of Domination USWA version. But I guess we were just running out of ideas, and that was near the end, man. That was right before. Yeah. 
shut down and everything. But maybe I, I, Randy I, X I, killed the company. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I was a, I was a part of six of the last ten episodes or something like that. Uh-huh. I was like right, right right at the very very end. But I, I was happy to be there, you know, because I mean I'd watch you know almost my entire life every Saturday. So right. I was in Louisville Gardens, checked it out, you know, and it was, it was awesome. It was an awesome experience for me. Right on. I enjoyed it too. I remember my first, you know, my first days getting there. Uh, first, first time on Memphis TV was a blur. I don't even remember it. It was like it was. I walked through the curtain, and all of a sudden, I was walking back through the curtain. You know, it was crazy. <laughs> But uh, anyway, you know, you are the first guest to have ever been in a match with Vince McMahon on the show. Other than I don't know if the King ever wrestled him, but I mean, we've had a lot of guests on and you are the first to have actually pinned Vince, actually. So you are in rare air there, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) So you actually, from what I could tell and read online, last December says you were officially retired. Is that so? Well, well. People kind of misunderstood what I announced. I announced that I'm starting my retirement tour. Hanson okay. Jimmy Valiant went on retirement tour for 15 years. <laughs> he's been on retirement tour for at least 12. But yeah. this is going to be the very last one. So you have got to come out. You've got to talk to your local promoters and wrestlers and wrestling fans into bringing Eugene to your town because it very well could be the last time that I'm anywhere near a place where you and I can share a moment. Live and in color listeners, that is no joke. Don't mess around with that. You know, we've got our own Wolfie D who actually wrestled his first match a couple weeks ago in six years. And we know that the next match is never promised. So if you want to meet and and see Eugene, definitely make sure your local promoters know about that. You know, that leads me to this. Do you have events coming up right now that you would like to talk about and promote? Oh, hell, you put me on the spot. Let me go find them. Yeah, I, 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 I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, but I'm thinking, you know, what, what happens if all of a sudden one day I want to run for governor? I don't think they're still going to let me wrestle if I try to run for governor. I, I have to just halt it all right there. That, that might be it. <laughs> yeah, well, you can finish after your governor then. I'm in Philly at the Icons of Wrestling coming up on March the 26th. The following night, I have a wrestling event somewhere in the Philadelphia area. I apologize. I don't know the name. Let's see what I got here. April the 8th, I'm going to Oklahoma City. And then on Saturday, April the 9th, I'm going to Selena, Kansas for XWE. I'm nice. doing my first well, I, I, I did a comedy show, but I did it here in Sioux Falls, and I had a lot of friends and family come out and watch and just start trying to give me pointers. But I've been booked for my very first comedy show, and it's going to be in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Um, and I guess there's only one comedy place there, so that's where it's going to be. You <laughs> <laughs> know, I, I got some shows booked coming up uh, into April 30th in Redmond, California. May 1st, I'm in San Bernardino, um, going to Ohio. I got a bunch of things planned, and and, and I've got more that I'm negotiating with now. So uh, probably by the end of the month, I'll be filled up. Well, cool. What about your social medias? They can follow you and check all that out. Well, the Twitter is the letter U. G-E-N-E, Dinsmore, D-I-N-S-M-O-R-E, Eugene Dinsmore um, is my Twitter, at Eugene Dinsmore. Trying to do a little bit more work on the Instagram, but I don't really like it. Eugene has a, uh, an Instagram and then on the Facebook as well. But if you want to book me, the uh, email is uh, Eugene Nick Dinsmore at gmail.com. So there you go, folks. That is the current status of Nick Eugene Dinsmore. You got a, uh, you got a pro wrestling tease store in case they want to get a Eugene shirt. We, we are still in negotiations right now. They're, 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 they're hardballing me and I'm not going for it. <laughs> 
But um, I, I'm trying to get my own website. I've got my website built. I need to get a domain name, and I'm not an office guy, so it's, it's kind of a hassle. Yeah. I also got uh, what's it called when someone wants you to marry him? Not, not a, is it a pastor? Ordained. Or, ordained. I got ordained as a minister. Nice. Because, because uh, there was a family, there was a lovely couple that wanted to get married in the middle of July, the hottest day of July, outdoors. <laughs> all the guys had three-piece thick wool suits, and all the women <laughs> had big heavy dresses. But they wanted me to uh, officiate the wedding as Macho Man Randy Savage. So I had uh, tights and a cowboy <laughs> hat, and I was well shaded. So I can also uh, ordain or oversee your wedding. That is amazing. I think we got to hear Randy Macho Man Savage though. I, I, I don't necessarily have the uh, the oh yeah, but I've got a nice little vow that I put out and got a couple uh, macho mans in it. Okay. I can't give it away just like that, brother. I respect <laughs> that. Hey, if you want to hear Eugene Densmore doing macho man, let's see some green and you'll hear it. So I think that's the way to go right there. Good job. Okay. Well, that leads me into this. This is Current Affairs. DJ, hit the music. It's a current affair It's a current affair Love it in color It's a current affair Love it in color All right, we're back with Current Affairs. Today we're here with Nick Eugene Densmore. And Nick, I take it easy on Wolfie all the time. And, you know, he still says I'm giving him a hard time with this. So we're just going to talk a little bit of current wrestling, some of the current things that are going on. I promise I never try to make it hard on anybody here. But at the same time, Wolfie always acts like I am. So the first current affair is what wrestlers are catching your eye right now? If you see some that you're really liking what they're doing, who are some? of those guys right now honestly i probably don't follow closely enough to really say who's my favorite but when i was a coach at the performance center from 2013 to 2015 uh braun Strowman and chad gable were in my class and although chad gable was not the largest he had more personality than i thought anybody in that building and we would try to do things to highlight it and it just i don't know if it never caught on or if he just if he, if he wasn't in the right place at the right time or actually what his status is but Braun Strowman also just by his size and, and, and his, you know, physical look. Yeah, no, those are two great guys to say as your current guys. I like that. So the next question is, you know, what are your thoughts on like the current promotions? Like, especially since you were at the center, what do you think of this new NXT? They basically got rid of all the indie guys and now they're just growing their own, essentially. What are your thoughts on that? If you could not see that coming, then you don't know WWE very well. They went out and got a, a handful of guys that can work to help build their underneath guys. And the minute their underneath guys are built, you don't need them anymore. Yeah. Some guys might be able to stay along in a, a, a agent position or somebody might have a knit. But for the most part, the younger guys are probably going to be less expensive. They're going to be uh, more durable. They're not going to be wrestling fans. So their brains are going to be more pliable that this is your job and this is what you're going to do. And who cares if you think it's right or wrong? This is what we want. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, especially like it seemed like everybody said it was overnight, but that's a great point. They got the guys in that could do do the work. And then once the work was done, see you later. So that well, makes a lot of sense. Thing, one thing I, don't, I don't know. I, I think this still goes on. But at one point, this would take out life insurance policies on everybody, all the wrestlers in the company. Because let's say they're going overseas. All the stars are on one plane. The plane goes down. Who are we going to put on TV, live TV the next day? Right. 
You know, yeah. I mean, we, we might have a pay settlement coming out, but that doesn't count for, you know, the people and the towns that we need today. We need yeah. to have those reserves ready to go at any time. Yeah. You know, I know you're doing your own thing there, but have you had any conversations with any of the big two, maybe, about possibly giving your talents to them? Or My lawyer told me that I can neither confirm nor deny that I'm currently in contract negotiations with uh, three companies, WWE, AEW, New Japan, and all Japan might have put in an offer, but I'm not at liberty to discuss those things right now. <laughs> Understand. Come back and let us know when that when that happens, okay? We'd I will love say to this, you. though. I will say this, though. When I ran Midwest All Pro, we had our YouTube channel, and I would put all of our videos on it, and then I would put videos that I thought were great learning tools. And I'd always try to mark them and say, listen, this isn't my video. It's a great learning tool. The matches I had were Dynamite Kid against Tiger Mask were some of them. And I absolutely loved them. Within three days, New Japan flagged me, boom, 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 and I lost mm. my site. I lost my YouTube mm, channel. Sweet. So if New Japan's YouTube channel people want to get in the ring and go one-on-one, I'm gonna, I got something for them. <laughs> <laughs> that might be more like the octagon, though, right? <laughs> I don't, it'll probably be a keyboard setting. It'll probably be like a video game. I don't know. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So my third current affair is this. Recently, you know, there's been all kinds of different news from Cody Rhodes to this and that. But the biggest one that I thought about would be fun to ask you is the possibility of Old Stone Cold returning to face Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. What are your thoughts on that? Who's that going to help? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love the nostalgia. If something happens where they both end up drinking beer, I don't think Kevin Owens drinks beer. But if you beat Owens, it doesn't help him too much. Right. I, I don't know. The, I don't know that you want to beat Austin, and you really don't want to do a throwaway finish. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if Austin would be the referee against Owens and somebody that he's really entangled with. For me, that might be a, a better fit. But I, I, unless they turn into some big six man, or Rock comes out and everybody comes out and. It's, so it's something, you know, more than just that match. I, I don't know. Yeah, I love that. That's a great perspective on it. Definitely appreciate it. That's been Current Affairs with Nick Eugene Dinsmore. Up next, a brand new segment here on the show. We're calling Cap For Your Dome with Wolfie D. Gonna wind it up, then I'm driving it home. It's Wolfie D, baby. Huh. I got a cap for your dome. All right, so this is something I want to start doing new. I want to do some rapid-fire questions. Some of them are going to have absolutely nothing to do with wrestling. Some of them might. And I'm really not looking for long answers. So I'm going to start with, do you, do you remember, I, I'm, I know I'm a lot older than you, but I, did y'all have a thing in high school, it's middle two school? two years older than me. <laughs> okay. Two years. two years older than me. And so did you have a thing called a slam book? No, I don't remember slam. I went to private Catholic school. Yeah. Okay. Slam book, huh? Look, I'll explain it later. Um, but anyway, I'm going to start out with things like the easiest one of all. What's your favorite color? Um, I don't know. I'm tied between red and blue. Let's go blue. Okay, going blue. <laughs> What's your favorite genre of music? Uh, probably rock. What was your favorite movie growing up as a kid? Not now, but growing up. Oh, it might have been Stand By Me. Nice. Has that changed as an adult? Do you have a new one or is it still that? Yeah, now it's, it's uh, Reform School Girls Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Who's your favorite rock band? Oh, man, favorite rock band. I don't know. Uh, uh, let's go Queen. Nice. Queen. Yeah. Okay, so what would be your favorite rock song? Rock song, probably We Will Rock You. Nice. Yeah. 
All right. Growing up as a kid, not today, before you got in the wrestling business, who was your favorite wrestler of all time? Um, I was saying the first guy that caught my eye was Piper. So I was with Piper. But then when I saw Hogan, I jumped on the Hogan bandwagon. So in between Piper and Hogan. All right. So after you've been in the business up until this day, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Oh, that's even tougher. Dynamite Kid, maybe uh, uh, Chavo Guerrero Sr. I don't know. So some guys like that, like the rest of the wrestlers. All right. Dogs or cats? Dogs, without a doubt. <laughs> Trucks or cars? Man, I live where it snows and you need a four-wheel drive. I got a, I got a Jeep, but a truck. All right. Oh, let's see here. What would be your favorite, I guess, food? Uh, I used to say steak, but I feel like I want to become a vegetarian. Let's go with steak. Steak's good. A big thick steak. So, what? Yeah. What? Like when I say genre of food, where I'm talking like Italian, Mexican, blah blah blah. What would be your favorite out of those? Oh, Texas, Texas Roadhouse. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's see. I'll give you a couple more. All right. We'll go back to wrestling one more time. As a child, well, no, I'm not going to do it as a child. I'm just going to say, of all time, what do you think the greatest wrestling match was? It's tough to say because what are you going to judge it on? How many people showed up? I know. I know. I know that's a very hard question. I I, I hate when people ask me what my favorite match of mine was because I have a number of favorite matches of mine, but for totally different reasons reasons yeah but i don't know you if know, there's just one you think man that shit right there was on point supposedly the great gama in india drew a million people but that's legend wow antonio noki yeah. antonio noki and rick flair drew 250,000 people in north korea but mm-hmm. i don't know if those people were, were forced to be there uh I, you would want to say hogan and andre but didn't didn't roman reigns and triple h beat that record i think so yeah yeah I, that's that's and and then Rock uh, uh, Rock Cena won. Maybe that was an outdoor record. But I probably have to go with Triple H and uh, Roman Reigns. Right, and it was because of the house and not the match. Yes, yes. You know, we 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 are in the business of making money. Right. I just want to see what you were judging on. That's all. Now, my favorite match. I have a favorite match of all time. Okay. You know, that would be Dynamite and Tiger match. Okay. Right. Yeah, if you want to qualify, if you yeah. want to qualify something as the best, what are we qualifying it on? And for me, it's got to be either people or money or views. Yeah, gotcha. Um, okay. And the final question is going to be: Who was the greatest Memphis tag team of all time? <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. My favorite was between the double elbow and then the the hands the hands on top and then hit the butt together and the double elbow. Uh, those Who were those guys? guys? Yeah, I remember them. Yeah, that, that, that was my favorite. I was trying to get my guys to do it, but nobody can do it with rhythm. It looks horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, man. Well, dude, that's all I got on those dumb, dumb questions, just to get a laugh and to to let people know more about what maybe some of your favorite things are, instead of just talking about wrestling stories. Sometimes, but, one of my uh, favorite things was one of my favorite things was Dragon Wolfie D from Louisville to Nashville, and we pulled in the parking lot. Pulled in the parking lot. I turned off my car, and there were cars that hit his music as he stepped out of my car. His music hit as he's walking into the parking lot. And he just gets his head down and went straight to the locker room. And I'm like, 
That was the most over thing I think I've ever seen, and I still talk about it today. Never seen anything WWE traveling anywhere. Never seen anything like that. <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? That's my hometown, you know. I, I may or may not have called somebody and told them, "Hey." No, that was back in either eight track or, or, or maybe a cassette tape. There might have been uh, uh, CDs. But they had to sit there and wait that whole time and, and just wait without listening to any music to right. play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst, having to keep up with a cassette tape everywhere you went to hand to the music guy. And what would happen yeah. if it got, like, stuck or stretched out? I mean, what would, you know I what I mean? Screwed, I don't remember that. Maybe just throw it out and you would get either nothing or whatever's next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'd get whatever was there, which sometimes wasn't that good. <laughs> or it didn't fit. You know, you know, Jamie wanted me. Do you know you know the song uh Drops of Jupiter by Train? Yes. Yeah, yeah. This MFer wanted to come out to he liked it so much he wanted to come out to it. And I said, Jamie, that has absolutely nothing to do with our gimmick. So the first chance he got where he had a singles match in Evansville, Indiana, I'll never forget, that motherfucker came out to Drops of Jupiter by Train. Wow. You have heard it here first. Wow. That's a, my God. <laughs> that is the least PG-13 song ever. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, jump around. Come on, you know. <laughs> well, Jimmy, do you got anything left? Or you want me to wrap this thing up? Yeah, just, you know, thank you, Nick, for coming on. Please come back and see us anytime. We'd love to have you back anytime. Okay, so thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a great episode, Nick. Like I said, I'm proud of you, man. You you talk and your knowledge of the business, you you talk like you've been in it longer than I was. You know, uh, you did some great things. You got a great mind for uh, all different aspects of our business, man. And thank you again for coming on. Uh, again, folks, if you want to get the pint size all stars, the PG thirteen ones, uh, hit me at the Live in Color Facebook page. You know, all the Twitter stuff that Jimmy plugs there in the show you can contact us many different ways pro wrestling tees if you want a shirt go there go to the live and color wolfie d podcast store get your shirts there um you can contact me directly for eight by tens so again i want to thank everybody for listening the listeners have grown and we got such good support going on right now and that's another thing we can still we got plenty of room for more sponsors and if you just if you don't think that your business might fit in with this podcast you can damn sure send some donations if you want to just get with us on that because all these things help this podcast keep going. If you like it and want to keep listening to it, give us a little love. So, Absolutely. Live in color with Wolfie D for Jimmy Street and Nick Eugene Dinsmore. This is Wolfie D saying peace out. Peace. Hey. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all, and all they ask is, Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling! 
every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's right. It's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes, and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you don't. He got a cat for you don't. I got a cat for you don't. He got a cat for you don't. And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still loving it, color. Don't rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap. I'm like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Tired of suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip-hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Late low for a while when you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more force and over one for later. Not here to play games, so you better beware. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. Like time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You suck a step to the side unless you want to get dropped. When I finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. And I'm driving it home, it's Wolfie D, baby. Huh, I got a cap for your dome. You got a cap for your dome. You got a cap for your dome. You got a cap for your dome.
This has been a James Rock Street production.